Today we have a really cool podcast guest on who's going to be sharing the ins and outs of her business. So kia ora. would you like to introduce yourself and share a bit about your business? Yeah, for sure. Kia ora. I'm Vani Clay. Um, I'm the owner of Vanel Lash Salon here in New Plymouth um, and also Bold Population, which is a new lash serum that we've just launched um, to market. Um, a little bit about me, I've got three three babies. I've got a four-year-old, a six-year-old, and just turned eight-year-old. Um, work full-time. I study full-time law and have two businesses as well. Oh my gosh, you're so busy, just like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I um, actually, just a disclaimer for everyone listening today, I have um, really bad hiccups, so um, <laughs> we, um, we're both very busy, so we thought we'd just do this anyways. Um, Aha kwatiaha, even though we have um or even though I have hiccups. But yeah, thank you for joining us. Um so Vani sent out some awesome lash and I thought it was really good and I thought um it would be really cool for her to share her experiences um as a businesswoman um and how this is working out for her. So what made you start your business? <laughs> the hiccups. <laughs> um so I, I've always been interested in lashes. So I've been wearing, it's going to make me sound really old now, but I've been wearing extensions for over 20 years. So I've always sort of been interested in the lash space. Um, I'm not really into makeup and all that sort of stuff, but extensions were something that you can sort of wake up in the morning and feel and look good, um, especially if you're short on time and stuff like that. So I've been wearing them. And then um, before this business, I used to be a bank manager. And so like, the gig in me started coming out going, okay, it's a repetitive sort of business. Um, you know, clients normally go back because I was spending, I think way back in the day, it was expensive as still. It was about 120, I think 150 maybe like 20 years ago. So it was still a lot of money. Um, so I thought, oh, okay, like if I'm spending that every week, it must be like a viable business for, for people long-term. Um, so I started to look at that. So I left being a bank manager to be a lash lady. Um, I started off at home um, and we were, we were really lucky. We had a lot of, um, what do you call them now? They weren't called that back in the day, but they're influencer friends. So I went to lash training, um, started that, did that at home. Um, I wasn't actually very good at the time though, but I didn't know it. And my mates got me heaps of business, but I was too slow to keep up with the demand, <laughs> which was pretty embarrassing. But that's a lesson learned is like, sometimes your marketing can be great, but you've got to be strong in, in other ways. So um, yeah, I started to be a lash lady and then we sort of grew from there. Um, the most we've had in our lash team was eight including myself but now we've got six um just because we've had a couple of movements and stuff like that and then I thought okay um I actually got approached by somebody that found the serum um found our bold population serum she knew I was obviously into lashes and stuff like that um I come across the actual serum at um, girls in business actually in the conference last year and then I tested it um I tested it on a lot of people that had sensitive skin and allergies that couldn't have um extensions because they're allergic um, and I've been selling serums for like 10 years, so I, I knew it was good. And then sort of we've come on board and we've um, co-founded that together, Bold Population. So, yeah, that gives you a little bit of a rundown as to where we are and why. That's awesome. Um, and what would you say is the most important thing when you were first starting your your business? I I think there's a couple of things. like I, and, and I'm not saying they're right because sometimes I think different phases you need to look at things differently. Um, but I think plan for worst case scenario before you even start anything so even starting bold population like touch what it never happens and I'll do everything in my power to make sure that we we set it up right but 
I've accepted the fact that everything we put in there, we could lose, if that makes sense. So understanding your risk, um, I think is really important, but also work backwards from that and going, okay, if this is worst case scenario, how can I prevent that from happening? Or what are my options to sort of mitigate um, that risk? Um, I think that's really important. But at the same time, what comes with that is your ability to anticipate like your next move. So um, and I learned this from my boss when I was a bank manager, my my senior um, leader taught me this and she's like, okay, if we did this, what's what's the consequence of that happening? What's your, what's your plan B and C and D, for example? So anticipation, I think, in terms of market movement is important, in terms of customer movement, in terms of like just life, you know, COVID, everything like that. Sorry to bring it up, but like no one in their right mind probably could have forecasted that. Um, but yeah, your ability to anticipate, know your risk, um, also know what you're capable of too. So I think a lot of people get into business just wanting the rewards rather than doing the mahi. Um, and I think it's important to know what you're capable of and just believe in that really, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Definitely. I think that a lot of people have this misconception that you can start a business and then become really rich and not have to work. But it's like, um, I, I heard this quote and it was like, I didn't want to work a nine to five. So I decided to say now I work 24 seven. <laughs> <laughs> I know I see that all the time <laughs> um, so it's like not a um it's not a get rich quick scheme but I think that building a business really um influential in your wealth journey and to create another so has how has um bold population started um creating as income and was it straight from the beginning or did it take time or yeah, this is probably, um, and I'm really open and honest about this, this is probably the riskiest business I've done because um, it's an oversaturated market. Um, we're not dealing with like small businesses like myself. A lot of the people that um, own the Lash Serum market, for example, they're quite wealthy and they're a collective versus just a mum and dad sort of business. Um, so I've sort of gone into this knowing that it's probably going to be one of the hardest businesses I've started. Um, from an income perspective, I've sort of accepted going in like this was me anticipating what the market would come. I, I thought because of our marketing and stuff like that would make a dent. And I feel like we have. People know who we are. Um, I think now it's about proving that our serum actually works and maintaining it to actually get that income, if that makes sense. So we have been making sales and stuff like that. But in terms of... Um, I suppose what I know the industry's sort of norm is, we've still got so much work to go. But um, yeah, I've sort of gone in knowing that it's not going to happen overnight, that it is a sort of a gradual sort of process. But um, there's no reason why it can't happen sooner if we keep doing what we're doing type thing in terms of income as well, if that helps. I totally agree. And I can't wait for um, six months or a year down the track when um, we can do another interview to see how much growth has happened, you know, things like that. So what would you say is the most important thing um, possibly the income isn't coming, but you're still having to put the mahi in. Um, so yep. for, for Māori Millennia, for example, the first eight months of um, creating my podcast and my blog, I made no money. So, um, and, you know, building that motivation and discipline to continue with, um, you're not making, how, yeah. how, how have you been able to um, overcome? Um, before sort of going into it, I, I this, <laughs> this sounds really doom and gloom, but this is the honest truth. I I have accepted the fact that this could fall flat on its bum type thing, you know what I mean? So I accepted that whatever we put into it could equal zero. Like I, I know my work ethic, so I'm never going to let that happen. But the realistic side is that I've, I've planned for worst case scenarios, so things can only get better if that makes sense. So in terms of income, um, 
I've always made sure, like I'm a full-time student, but I've always made sure that we have income streams. So from our salon business, for example. So that's still churning away. We also have our own lash products in terms of, um, so if you're a lash technician, you can buy our products to use and stuff like that. Um, and we also have another income stream where I'm a NALA accredited trainer. So um, I'm the only one in the New Zealand, um, well, that's a New Zealander. There's Aussies that come here, but that's a New Zealander that's accredited to train in lashes through NALA, which is uh, industry standard. So that's another form of income. So I think that's important. I think, don't quote me on this, but isn't it like the average millionaire needs like seven income streams? Um, and I'm, I'm a huge believer in sort of diversifying your risk around that. So if this isn't great this week, but our lash salon's pumping because it's Christmas time, then that's this is how we make our smart business decisions. Um, and then, you know, if we have to shut down because of lockdown again, then maybe people want to buy their serum because they're at home. So um, that's sort of where I've tried to diversify our sort of risk and, and my personal risk as a business owner um, to make sure that we've got different streams of income. That's really cool. And I think, yeah, I 100% agree. Um, to diversify your income streams is really important and you never know what could happen um, you know there could be a new trend tomorrow that's like oh it's going to be called no lashes so. oh my god my heart my heart will stop my heart will stop <laughs> um, so who does all your social media stuff um, anyone listening today wants to check out um, it just looks really really professional awesome do you do that yourself yeah so we've this business um, we've done in tandem with Idyllic. Um, so they're like, because we're based in Taranaki. Um, my co-founder for Bold Population is in Auckland. So I'm down here. She's up there. Um, but I'm actually from Kaitaia, um as well. So I'm from Te Rarua. And in terms of our Instagram, I am very OCD in terms of the quality of what's put on there. Um, I think more so now. So I, I, how do I put it? Control is probably not the right word. Probably more oversee what goes on there. So unless um, I sort of approve it, um, which probably does everyone's head in, to be honest, because the content that we get from like our marketing company um, might appeal to them. But at the end of the day, it, for me, it has to be on brand. It has to be current. It has to give the right perception of where we are because we're, we're a startup and it's more crucial now than ever that we get it right. Um, so everything that's on there is either um, made by me and my co-founder or by our marketing company, Idyllic, who's given us some foundations to sort of work from. But yeah, everything at the end of the day does not go on there unless it's sort of approved or overseen by us. Um, later on, we might be able to like relax a little bit on that. But I think for right now, considering it is such a um, social platform-driven e-commerce sort of space, I think it's really important, especially being Christmas too, because we're up against the big cookies and we can't afford to sort of not be on top of it, if that makes sense. Totally. What would you say um, are the benefits or, or ways social media has helped you? Oh, it's so much cheaper. I couldn't imagine what our um, our bills would be if we had to pay for, like, no disrespect to people in these spaces, but it's just the, the ad spend is insane, like radio ads, TV ads, um, billboards, all that sort of stuff. So in terms of reach, like a Facebook ad, an Instagram ad, a TikTok ad cost you could be like 20, 30 cents compared to a couple of hundred to maybe get viewed. Um, and also like statistics will tell you that everybody's on their phone pretty much all day, every day type thing. So that it's helped us a lot. I don't know if we'd even be thought of otherwise, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's awesome. I totally agree. Um, what would you say is the most, most important thing for anyone starting out with their business, whether it's in the beauty industry? Um, I think 
be honest with yourself around your your why like and and make sure that aligns to the business direction make sure it aligns to like what your clients or customers whoever is on the receiving end of your business whether it be a service or an e-commerce product um make sure that aligns because i i think and because i train people as well obviously in, in lashes and i i help them set up business and a lot of people will come through seeing successes or perceived successes on instagram and on facebook or tiktok um, and that's not really reality. There's, there's, you know, like I, I normally don't go to bed till like 2.30, 3.30 in the morning. But, you know, do I put that up there? No, because this is my choice. You know, some, sometimes I will, but there's a lot of hard mahi that goes on in the background for most small businesses that people will never see. And I think it's important that people accept that that is the reality. It's not, you know, nine to five is a breeze compared to small business, to be fair. Um, and I think knowing that, I th- um, and I'll go back to it again, your ability to anticipate anticipate risk anticipate good things bad things things that you might want to be do differently um look at your market look at your competitors um and probably be honest with yourself in terms of how much can you invest and how hard are you willing to work to actually get the results i totally um it's just like running your own businesses like i i read this quote and it said something like you need to think of your life as a business and so call it like something like you and or you limited or yeah and whether you're um you know performing well in these different areas you need to like hire and fire as as required um but you're so you're a full-time uni student and you run um multiple businesses um yeah um how do you manage this is so inspiring and I love it um what when you talk about your team, do, is, are there these employees or? Yeah, yeah. So I have a team of six at the moment. Wow, that's awesome. And are they full-time or part-time? Yep, um, they're all currently full-time. Um, we might change it around. So this is something, um, and I'm really open and honest about this because we train in this as well, is like if this recession is going to hit us hard, this predicted recession, um, I'm already having conversations with my team around potential changes that we might need to do. So at the moment, they're all full time. I, I would hope to think that we still will. But I think as a business owner as well, it's another thing is to anticipate. So if this is coming, that we're ready for it. That's so cool. What would you say has been the hardest thing in your in your journey so far with business? Mm. Um, I, I'm not sure if it's like the hardest overall or if it's just something that I'm very mindful of. As I think, especially with entrepreneur mindsets, like people that are naturally like, um, they have that entrepreneurial sort of thing like I can't bake a cake to save myself so I'm not like you know people have got their strengths um, so for people that do have that entrepreneurial mindset sometimes it's very easy to get excited about things and not think through things logically so yes be open to ideas be open to business opportunities but at the same time have a glass of water have a coffee take don't respond take some time to think about it logically assess your risk assess your why um, and assess like the overall pitch you know, versus just getting caught up in the exciting part of let's do this because in the minute it might sound like a brilliant idea but when you step back and remove the emotion it might not be I'm going to um, drop all the relevant um, links in the description for your website and everything um, but it's so top quality like I just love it from a um, consumer perspective it just looks so good so um, oh thank you big ups to you and your business partner um so yeah thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today and sharing your your wisdom was there anything else you wanted to um for the audience to hear or or listen to before 
we finish? Um, I think just, I suppose, being Māori and being somebody that loves being in the entrepreneur sort of space, whether it be service or e-commerce, um, I would love to see more Māori, um, I suppose, be in positions of influence too. And also like the, the wannabe lawyer in me, because I'm still studying at the moment, and positions of influence, more Māori lawyers, more Māori judges, more Māori business owners, more Māori politicians. So I feel like we are actually seeing a lot more of that and I feel like we will, but let's let's keep going. I love that. Thank you so much for um, joining. And to everyone listening today, please check out the links in the description and give Vani some support for Bold Population. Thank you.